Toronto. He'll dance, he'll step, he'll shoot, and he hits it at the buzzer. No time left, and the Rockets have won the game. We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops and my written work at SB Nation or the Dream Shake. And before we get too far into this uh, latest Rockets win, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. Uh, you can find me at Vader underscore H-Town on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So, Veda, we got a Rockets win to talk about. It did not look good for a while there. The Rockets were actually down by 16 points in the third quarter. Atlanta was dancing, having a good time, like they was in a Soul Train line or something. I mean, they were laughing, slapping people beside the head on on the Rockets. Uh, they pretty much thought the game was over at that point. They were up 90-74 to 74 in the third quarter uh, after DeJounte Murray hit a three. Uh, we later found out that he actually tapped Jabari Smith on the head which is something that you can't even do in 2K and get away with. And then a couple plays later, uh, Trey Young hit a three. That put him up 90 to 74. And then at that point, that's when the Rockets kind of took over. They got it was double technicals on Jabari, on um, on DeJounte Murray, then Trey Young, then uh, Jalen Green. That's kind of where the Rockets seemed like they finally had, had enough um, because we've seen this before where teams will come in or the Rockets would be playing teams like Minnesota or somebody, and they're literally calling timeouts for the Rockets, just just clowning them left and right. And we kind of saw this with the Warriors, even though it was a closer game. But, I mean, at least you could say that's the Warriors. I mean, they're, they're, they're defending champions. I mean, that's one thing. But to see players like DeJounte Murray coming in, thinking that they can do this on your home court, it seemed like the Rockets finally had enough of it. After that point, the Rockets um, outscored the Atlanta Hawks by 22 points on their way to a 128-122 victory. Uh, definitely the best win of the year, the Rockets' fourth win of the year. Um, something that can maybe catapult them into a finally a winning streak for the first time as they play Oklahoma City again uh, tonight, who's also coming off a uh, coming on to a second night of a back-to-back. So I want to start there with you. Do you think that that double technical was the thing that kind of pushed the Rockets forward to finally have them – uh, play with some fire, some fight, because it seemed like up to that point, they were just kind of going through the, their normal motion of, well, they're, they're going to get blown out. They may make a little run, but the game is pretty much over. It seemed like they it finally fired up the Rockets as we saw Jabari after the game saying that that disrespect basically had to be checked. So what was kind of your thoughts on the game? Absolutely. First of all, Atlanta has not won anything in the NBA to be acting like the way they're acting. You made a good point. At least Golden State is Golden State. I hate the Warriors with the yes. passion just because of the history that we have with that franchise, you know, back in the Harden era. However, like Atlanta came on our home court. They're slapping dudes upside the head. They're dancing. They're pointing. Um, I think uh, Murray hit Jabari with the too small. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, y'all gotta yeah. go somewhere with that. That was that was insanely disrespectful. And the and the 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 bizarre thing and, and the, the ironic thing is, I was kind of rooting for the Atlanta Hawks prior to the uh, game yesterday. I, I was kind of a fan of Trey Young. I liked some of the stuff uh, that Murray had brought to that team, and I, I was kind of rooting for them. Nah, that's over with, Lashard. Like 
they earned an enemy for life with me. I wish them nothing but the worst, you know, outside of injuries. I just don't want that team to be successful at all. Like that disrespect level that they had uh, yesterday just showed me how classless they they were, you know, on the floor. A lot of other teams like the Knicks and, and some other uh, fans from other teams uh, were kind of in my mentions yesterday. And they were saying like they've been this is the way they've been. They've always yeah. been like this. This is what they do. And so I kind of saw it firsthand last night. And yeah, I, I don't like that, man. Like I, I believe that you uh, treat your your opponent with some level of respect, and the fact that they are just like that kind of like showboaty team when they haven't proven anything rubbed me the wrong way. So like I, I'm out on the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I hope they don't even make the playoffs. But anyway, let's get back <laughs> to uh, the Rockets. Um, yeah, I love what Jabari Smith did yesterday. You're talking about a guy who is one of the ten youngest players in the NBA. He is the youngest yeah. player on our team. And he set a tone yesterday that we are not going to be disrespected on our home floor. And that's the kind of that's the kind of culture shifting uh, thing that you see and that you that you want to see from a guy that you hope can be like a franchise cornerstone. Like yeah. he, he as young as he is. And, you know, people know who the DeJounte Murray is. He, he had some issues in the summer, like with Paulo. <laughs> Paulo Carol, yeah. You know, like hitting a dude on the head with a basketball. You know, like he kind of has developed a reputation for himself as this guy who's, who's kind of a bully, right? And uh, Jabari wasn't having any of it. And the fact that he stood toe-to-toe with them and, and let them know, hey, I'm not going to be disrespected. I made a joke he, that, um, you know, Jabari's from Atlanta, right? So I made yeah. a joke that, um, yeah, y'all, Jabari was sending a message. Yeah, y'all just play for for Atlanta. I'm actually from Atlanta. <laughs> So yeah. I, I, I thought that that was something I think is going to carry over into tonight's game. Obviously, you want to see, um, you know, these type of things translate not just in, for one game, but like you want to see like in a, in a back-to-back situation like we have tonight that <laughs> they take the same energy that they took out of that game. I, I saw a different level of camaraderie with this team that I haven't seen yeah. um, in a long time. Honestly, I, I can't really think back to a time where I saw these guys like pulling for one another like they were pulling for one another uh, yesterday after all that stuff was going on. And to see Jalen Green sticking up for Jabari was also like, I didn't make too much of, of the situation that they had earlier in the season. You know, stuff happens on the sideline. People kind of oh, yeah. the portion. But the fact that, you know, he saw like his, he saw his rookie being disrespected. He saw his rookie in a little bit of a, a tussle over there. And he was one of the first guys over there to uh, like, you know, get involved, and he, he got active, and I like that. Yeah. Like, these guys are st- sticking up for one another. They have each other's back, and, you know, that's that's team building right there. So, yeah, I thought that double technical – yeah, like, after the double technical, you saw what happened. You know, yeah. the game kind of flipped on its ear. It was kind of like that Jordan Alvarez home run in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if this actually, like, pays dividends moving forward. I mean, I don't want them to win too much. I don't think I want them to be the worst team in the league for three consecutive years. Uh, but, you know, I, I still want to stay in that Wimby and school sweepstakes. But, like, to see uh, some growth, to see some progression, to see them playing as a team, yeah, I, I hope that this is a springboard for a lot of those things. Yeah, because, I mean, it was so many storylines to this game last night. You didn't have Alperen Shangun playing last night. Bruno Fernando made his return, which is kind of uh, – is- pretty good timing if you if you're the Rockets because you know at least for one game you didn't have to worry about what you're going to do at center um but you have that dynamic uh playing out uh where Bruno brings things that of course we all know you know that Alperin Shankun doesn't bring especially as a lob threat especially on the defensive end um as far as you know 
Aprochenko gets his uh, gets some block shots, but he's not exactly intimidating anybody in the lane. Bruno brings a little bit more of that than Shangun has, and then also Eric Gordon didn't play. I mean, KJ Martin was able to play. KJ Martin had a another great game. It seemed like every single game he's 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 almost having career highs um, in different departments. And, and this game he had a he had another double double. He looked great on the court. He was all over the court, blocks, rebounds. He was pretty much doing everything. And unfortunately, we may run into that situation where K.J. Martin may be right back to the bench, depending on um, who plays and who doesn't play, because more than likely Eric Gordon will be back tonight, and he was just sitting out because it was a first half of a back-to-back. So that's a whole nother story. But it's good to see, back to Jabari, it's good to see him have another good game to where he's starting to build up these games back to back to back to back, which will kind of just – and he kind of spoke of this, like how his confidence really grew against Golden State. And that's something that rookies – I think people don't realize when they were saying that, ah, Jabari's not this and he's not that, and already saying he's a bust a month into the season is confidence is, is huge for any player, but especially a rookie. And when he can play the way he did against Golden State, against you know the defending champion, and that kind of carries over. And we saw that. I mean – Jabari, even before that, Jabari doesn't back down to anybody. He will talk trash to anybody. I guess a couple of times he hit threes in the corner on the opposing side of the court, and he talked trash to them. Um, last night, which was funny, kind of like a few plays after, or like the next quarter, actually, after DeJounte Murray was talking about the Rockets too small, guess who Jabari Smith got that offensive rebound over? Mm-hmm. It was over DeJounte Murray. So, it, so it was kind of, kind of crazy how that all worked out. But you can see Jabari Smith's confidence is growing and growing. And at this point, I don't think people really care if he's missing shots. But if he's taking them in rhythm and he's not hesitating, I think people are perfectly fine if he goes six for 20 every game because you already know he's going to bring on the defensive end and he also is rebounding. The Rockets went small ball five uh, with Jabari in the fourth quarter. Uh, for a couple of reasons, because Fernando is still trying to get his win back, and also Uzma Grubo was in foul trouble. But we saw, I mean, Jabari. It, I don't. Th- it, I don't think anybody really even noticed that Jabari was at the five because it wasn't like Atlanta was able to take advantage of it. Actually, it was in the Rockets' advantage having Jabari at the five because he pretty much shut down the lane. He was able to stretch out the court. So, I think that's something we may see even more going into the future, which is going to bring in a whole other questions on what the Rockets' center rotation is going to be. I don't think Alperen Shangun plays tonight, so I don't think they have that issue. But if he does, it's going to be really interesting to see how all that center rotation is going to work out. But what's kind of your thoughts on Jabari and KJ? Because it seems like both players are each game, especially KJ, is just getting better and better every game. First of all, as far as KJ Martin, we heard we heard some rumblings that he might be involved in some trade discussions. <laughs> um, today's price is not yesterday's price, y'all. So, like whatever uh, Golden State or Phoenix or whoever that yeah. wanted him was offering, I think the price just went up. Um, yeah. Raphael Stone cannot trade this man for like an underwhelming package if he if he even trades him at, at all at this point. I think there's an argument to be made that you need to keep KJ and you need to extend him. Like for a guy to be able to get 21 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, um, you know, starting yesterday in 34 minutes without a single play really being run from him for him. He gets this stuff just because he knows how to play basketball. He knows how to fit in with his teammates. Um, he knows how to cut to the basket. He, he does these things like almost naturally. And he's kind of been doing a lot of this stuff since uh, his rookie season. You, you've seen the flashes and anytime that he's gotten extended minutes. And the more time he, he plays, it's almost like the better he plays. So yeah. 
I've been really impressed with KJ. I know there was some talk before the season about, you know, who who should the Rockets uh, go move forward with if they if they have to choose between him and Jay Sean Tate. And I know Jay Sean Tate hasn't played, and Jay Sean Tate yeah. is a big part of this team. But, like, KJ is making a huge statement right now that he needs to be the starter at that position moving forward, even, even if Eric Gordon is, is here, honestly, because Eric Gordon doesn't rebound from that position. He's undersized at that position. Um, he doesn't run. He doesn't get out on the break. KJ does all of those things. He's not the three-point shooter that that Eric Gordon is. However, he is making, uh, I think, 34.5% from there, which is respectable considering all the other things that he does, and he's doing that on uh, three attempts per game. So I love what KJ Martin's bringing to the team. As far as Jabari, man, I was a little worried, not about his shooting. I was more concerned about um, just his his feel for the game and as far as was he like going to be the defender that we were hoping he was going to be when we, when we drafted him. Um, because I was just seeing like a little bit more flash and stuff from, from Tari Eason, but that Golden State game, um, to be able to go up, you know, toe to toe with the, with the, with the defending champions and and come out there and put on the performance that he put on. And then, I think uh, it was the Dallas Mavericks game where he had like, uh, nine points and 15 rebounds, I believe. Like he's been kind of, he's been turning the corner really quietly, really quietly. He's been turning the corner. And so, I'm very encouraged by everything that I'm seeing from him. He didn't shoot particularly uh, a great percentage yesterday. He hit he hit really well from three point uh, from the three point line. He was five for eleven. He was six for seventeen overall. But he took some really good shots. He took some makeable shots. And you know, some people that I really respect in the community who talk about, um, you know, he's 19 years old. His body is not developed. Wait until he yeah. gets weight room and he gets bigger and he gets stronger. He gets like a stronger uh, base. Um, you're going to see like him finish a lot of those shots that he's not making right now. And that's when it's really going to get spooky for the rest of the NBA, because he's doing all of this right now with the, with the, with the, you know, with a very underdeveloped, underdeveloped frame for where he's yeah. going to end up being. So, yeah. And I, and also to touch back on what you said about uh, Shingun being out, I was kind of happy that he didn't play yesterday. I did not want Usman Garuba's minutes to be uh, hampered in any way with the return of Bruno Fernando. You know, respectfully, I think Bruno uh, does bring some stuff to the team. But like trying to juggle three centers in the lineup to me just kind of seemed like it was going to create for some awkward uh, lineups and some guys were going to get squeezed for minutes. So I think it gave Coach Silas a good opportunity to just kind of insert Bruno back into the position that he wanted him in to start the season. He had Bruno starting in the first place and Garuba has been fantastic off the bench with the goon squad. So. I think it, the Shingun being out, it just kind of worked out really well. I hope um, I don't hope he doesn't play tonight, but um, I think him not playing tonight, if if he doesn't play against OKC, kind of gives us more of that that more data points, more of that sample yeah. size that we need to be able to determine, you know, how does Bruno fit in into this lineup? Because I kind of wanted to see, <coughs> no disrespect to Shingun, but I kind of wanted to see what forty eight minutes um, of not having a center who needed the ball in his hands. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just wanted a guy out there who's going to rebound, who's going to defend, who's going to be a connector um, offensively and not somebody who kind of needed to be the focal point of the offense. And we saw yesterday, and then for a lot of the game, it looked really good. They scored 128 points. Yeah. Uh, Usman Garuba came in and he did Usman Garuba things. He had nine points, five rebounds, three assists in only 19 minutes. Uh, he is in a shooting slump now, though. He missed the one three-pointer he took. <laughs> So now, <laughs> yeah, his uh, quota for the game. <laughs> you know, his his percentage is going down, but like yeah. Usman Garuba is just like frenetic energy, man. Like that guy comes in, 
Um, and I asked Ryan Hollins about this. I'm like, what do you see from Uzman Garuba when he comes in a game? And he's just like, man, that guy, you know, he he shows the other guys that hustle get goes a long way in the NBA because yeah. he's probably not – he's probably <laughs> the least athletic person on the team, probably between him and maybe, you know, Matthews, Knicks, depending on how you feel about him. But that man goes out there and he's like getting his hands on almost every loose ball. He yeah. gets his hand. He's tapping like offensive rebounds. He's diving on the floor. He's, um, you know, he just makes the game easier for his teammates. So like the Usman Garuba, man, the Usman Garuba uh, hype train, I'm all on that, man. So I, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, and I, and I think we're, we're seeing exactly what Rafael Stone was seeing when he first drafted him. I mean, we didn't see it last year because of the injuries. I mean, he this short stint and and uh, with the Vipers we saw what he could bring, but he was he was hurt so much last year it was kind of hard for him to get going. But I think we've seen exactly why the Rockets thought at the time that he was the one of the best, if not the best, defensive players in the draft is because yeah he's not the most athletic, he's not going to jump over anybody and get huge dunks like a couple like we saw from Fernando last night, but he's going to do all the other things that. A lot of players don't want to do like you were saying. He's gonna, <clears throat> excuse me. He's gonna dive on the floor. He's going to uh, get the loose ball. He's gonna get block shots. <clears throat> he's gonna get his hands on in the passing lane. He's gonna do a lot of different things that not everybody wants to do or can't even really do because it may not seem like it, but that type of play is a skill. You know, being able to do that on a consistent basis, being able to go out there and get all the the, the plays that maybe don't show up in the stat line. Coaches see that. I mean, they see that in practice. They 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 pay attention to those type of things. It's not just about rebounds and blocks. They pay attention to all the little things that Groover brings. So, yeah, when Shangun comes back, um, Rockets got some decisions to make because I know they say they will possibly play him at the power forward position, but I don't know. That just kind of seems like they're kind of uh, kind of jam them into the rotation, and we don't we know that a lot of time that doesn't work out as well. And, and at, at whose expense? If he plays power yeah. forward, because you have uh, guys who can play that uh, position already in KJ, Jabari, yeah. takes and away Eason. So, like, yeah. I don't want to see their minutes uh, sacrificed either. I like those guys have all earned minutes. Uh, KJ minutes do, do not need to be cut. Tari's minutes definitely don't need to be cut. Jabari is just now, you know, starting to establish himself. Uh, Garuba's yeah. earned his minutes too. So, like, we have a bit of a logjam issue. I think some roster decisions do need to be made. But going back to what you said about Garuba, how many guys in the NBA do you think can effectively guard, uh, you know, as, as best as you can, uh, Giannis, uh, Zion Williamson, and then still be able to switch out onto like a guy like Stephen Curry yeah, and a guy like yeah. Trey Young and hold his own? It's not like he he's not getting cooked out there. He's he's making it very difficult for them to score. Yeah, yeah. sometimes they do score on him, but they score on everybody, and and he makes them work for it. It's it's not easy when you see Garuba uh, uh, switched off onto you. And I've seen plenty of times where they're like, man, look, I'm just going to pass this up. You know, they think they have an advantage. And you know what? Jabari's been doing that too the last few games. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but he's been holding his own out there as well. Like, we, we have some pieces, uh, Lashar. We really have some pieces. It just um, They're just young. And, you know, we, we definitely need a few more pieces. But we do have some guys here who I think are going to help us win some games in the future. Yeah, and I, I keep saying the Rockets are rebuilding. Outside of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, there should there shouldn't be anybody just just guaranteed to get minutes. It should it should be on how well they're playing. If KJ is playing the best, KJ needs to be starting. If um, 
if Uzma Garuba's playing the best, then he should be he should be getting a lot more minutes. Uh, even even Shangun, if Shangun is not playing the best, there's no reason why. Okay, he was drafted 17. He should automatically be playing 30 minutes or 25 minutes a game. It just shouldn't work that way. You're you're a rebuilding team. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do next year because next year you're going to be bringing in some type of vet. I don't know what type of vet. I don't know who they can bring in, but they're going to be bringing in some other players that have some NBA experience. So you need to know exactly who you can play and can't play. And you need to be figuring it out right now. And if it's Shangun can't play 25 minutes a game and Uzma Garuba needs to be playing 20 minutes a game, then you just need to do that. It shouldn't be anybody. Nobody on this team outside of two people I've mentioned before should be a guarantee they automatically should be playing, whether they're playing good or bad. That's just not how it should work on a rebuilding team. And yeah, I also kind of want to talk about Garrison Matthews. Uh, he was actually Gary Bird finally and for the first time probably all year. I mean, he's had a couple of other okay games, but this was the first game where we really saw the Garrison Matthews we saw last year, especially um, during that winning streak that the Rockets had um, that kind of kind of crescendoed, I would say, against the uh, Brooklyn Nets and James Harden where Gary Bird was kind of born. And he finally had one of those games last night. He had uh, 20 points. He was all over the floor. He was making huge rebounds. He was getting the threes, uh, getting the uh, getting the foul calls behind the three-point line where he was able to get three. So we kind of saw why the Rockets are keeping him around. He may not necessarily even really stick to the rotation at all, which I don't think he really will, especially once Jason take it back. But you need those type of players like a Gerald Green type that every once in a while they can come in and catch fire and kind of give you that spark that you need off the bench. See, that's exactly the role that I envision for him. Like, I don't, I don't think he should be tied to the rotation as far as like he doesn't need to, you know, get twenty plus minutes every night. But yeah. like a game like like yesterday, where you where you need an offensive spark or you need a spark of some sort, you know, put him in and see what happens. And you know, yeah. if he doesn't have it that night, you you just take him back out. And so, like last night, you saw Gary Bird return, the return yeah. of Gary Bird. Like so. I, I'm like, you know, Garrison Matthews uh, stayed home yesterday and Gary Bird showed up at the Toyota <laughs> yeah. Center. This man had 20 points on six shots. So just think about that for a second. That is like super efficient. You know, that's almost not even something that he can replicate. But he definitely was a huge spark in that win. Um, he hit three. He knocked down three huge three-pointers. Uh, he was diving on the ground. He was getting yeah. his, his hand on loose balls, getting steals, you know. He made a crazy layup that I did not think he was going to make uh, driving <laughs> yeah. to the basket because it was almost one of those, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, situations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, you know, he, he is not, you know, really good off the dribble at all. But he made it work yesterday. And so, yeah, I, I apologize to, to you, uh, Gary Bird, because <laughs> yesterday uh, you you looked like the, the Gary Bird of old, and we definitely needed that, and that was a huge win. Like that, that win, oh. like, meant something to me. That felt good just because of the fact that they were – you know, they were trying to sun us, man. They were treating us like they were like <laughs> yeah. big bro, little bro. And, um, you know, to come back and, and send them home like that. Um, I saw you had posted a video of uh, Jalen Green, like waving <laughs> Wait, bye to them. <laughs> Love it, yeah. man. Like a, a little good natured uh, trash talk, I think is healthy. And I think uh, some of our kids like grew up uh, last night in that game. Yeah. And yeah, and it's another play I, I don't want to forget about before we wrap up the show. Even though Kevin Porter Jr.'s shot was kind of off last night, uh, I would say like in that fourth quarter, he made like several plays where you could just definitely see his growth. I mean, he made a couple of, of great assists. Um, he he had a, uh, another uh, shot where he got to the lane and was able to make a, a mid-range shot. Um, he kind of seemed like he was more in control of the offense in the fourth quarter. 
Um, because early in the game, he was making a few mistakes, a um, little too much over dribbling. And then kind of saw like, it seemed like in the fourth quarter, he, he calmed down. He ran the team a lot better. And that's exactly what the Rockets need because we all know he can shoot. We all know he can score. So if he goes six for 17 like he did last night, it's not really a huge deal. It's, it's more about controlling the game and not turning the ball over, especially late. And you definitely like to see that from Kevin Porter Jr. Jalen Green started off really fast as far as assists um, were concerned. He had four assists in the first quarter. Um, that kind of tapered off later in the game because also he was in foul trouble. But he was able to come back in and be aggressive and it seems like every single game he's starting to get to the free throw line a lot more. And that's a huge, that's another huge development for Jalen Green that he doesn't have to depend on just scoring from the field. He's getting to the free throw line a lot more. That you know was great crazy? to see last night. You know, it's crazy. We, we've talked for, you know, 20 something minutes. We haven't even enough. talked about Jalen Green. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Green had 30 points last night. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost so common like, now. And, yeah. and, it, and it was a, and it was a uh, highlight reel of a 30 points. Like, yeah. I, the, his his shot like diversity last night. Um, he he was making shots like super superstar tier level. Um, right. You know he had that little uh, one legged floater in the lane. He was making like clutch threes. He yeah. was driving to the basket, beating guys off the dribble, going behind the back. Like Jalen Green's highlight package from last night was actually pretty insane. When you when you yeah. go back and look at it, and the fact that he was making a lot of these shots when the game was on the line. Uh, that's what you want to see from a guy who is going to be your headliner. And um, I thought this was one of his best games, honestly. I think this yeah. was the first time that he's ever scored 30 points, gotten five rebounds and, and five assists in the same game, his first 35 and five. So, yeah. yeah, man, like the fact that we talked about Jabari and KJ and Usman Garuba and, <laughs> you know, Kevin Porter Jr. and Garrison Matthews, and we haven't even gotten to – Jalen Green yet just kind of tells you what kind of game uh, last night was. Yeah, and it's common. You can you can tell when a player is taking that jump is when he's getting thirty points, and it's almost like, oh, okay, I'm not shocked at all. I mean, that's that's kind of becoming commonplace now with Jalen Green, and we're going to start seeing that more and more the more games you play, where him getting thirty points is almost like, okay, he yeah, he's supposed to get thirty points. That's how good he is, and that's kind of where Jalen Green is getting to, and that's now seven straight games where he's had at least five assists as well. So he's kind of putting it all together, um, and it's just going to get – and just keep in mind, I mean, Jalen Green's not even played two full seasons yet, and he's already to the point where now where 30-point games are becoming common for him. Just imagine where he's going to be when he actually gets to his prime. He's not even nowhere near his prime yet. So, I mean, at this point, we know it's Jalen Green's team. So this Jalen Green everybody else fits around him. I mean, the Rockets are – whether people need, want to see it or not, the wins may not kind of translate to that, but the Rockets have made progress from last year. And that's what you want to see from them throughout the rest of this year. And yes, I know, you know, like you were saying, some people don't want them to win a lot of games, but you definitely want to see them continue to make that progress. And they can kind of continue that tonight against Oklahoma city, a game where I don't know if they're going to be favored as far as when it comes to betting odds or anything, but they should absolutely win this game tonight and um, have their first winning streak of the year. And I think that, that would be a real huge momentum for them going forward because they have another tough stretch coming up where they play like six games and seven nights. There's some insane schedule that the, for some reason the NBA felt the, felt the need to give the Rockets the 
second uh, toughest schedule so far in the NBA. So they we're kind of we, think we won the Super Bowl last year. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this like what is like the reverse NFL where they give the worst teams the worst schedules to start with, so that teams like the Lakers and the Warriors can have better records? I don't know what it is, but it's one of the like toughest schedules I've seen any team have. NBA champion, all worst team in the league. So we'll see if the Rockets can kind of continue that uh, tonight. The winning ways as they take on Oklahoma City at Toyota Center at seven o'clock as always we appreciate everybody that jumps on um every day it's even better after a win it's a lot more entertaining to talk about wins at some point you kind of get tired of talking about loss after loss after loss so it's nice to talk about a win for once especially against a team that's trying to get to the playoffs like the atlanta hawks so we would definitely take it uh here so as usual we appreciate everybody jumps on joins our podcast every week on youtube spotify apple uh, wherever you get your podcast and we appreciate the comments and the five stars that always helps as well so make sure you check us out for the next episode of rocket field podcast presented by clutch fans <laughs>